0: Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast in the class today is sponsored by Aviran and Doreen ben Chitrit, um, in celebration of the birth of baby Levana Sara, Mabruk Mazal tov. Uh, Breakfast as well is dedicated in loving memory of Sammy Sayer. Lavashalom Shalom, Lillui Nishmat Shilobo sponsored by his son Isaac Sayer. Azaku Baruch. The week of cold brew as well is dedicated in loving memory of Sammy Syed. Shalom Oben Shalom, sponsored by his son Isaac Said. Make sure you make the Berachot Le'ilun And as well, breakfast has been sponsored anonymously in, uh, in honor of the Sarur and Chira families in celebration of the birth of Rini uh, to Cookie and Richard Sarur. Hazaku Baruch. My friends, um, they, there was once a group of priests that approached Rabbi Yonatan I would say Rabbi Yonatan Eibeshitz, but there's no way to make his last name sound Sephardic. You know, I just try and say Ibishitz in uh, Sephardic, it doesn't work. Eibeshitz, it doesn't, uh, I don't know, there's no way to do it, okay? So uh, uh, he was a great, very wise scholar. He was very famous specifically for his sharp answers and his quick-witted responses, even in cases that, that were a little bit dicey. So he's approached by a bunch, bunch of priests, and they're making a claim. They wanted to say, they said, in your prayers it says in the Amidah, Holeh Amo Israel, that God heals uh, the sick of the Jewish people. Clearly, you only want the sick people who are Jewish to get better. If you say Rophe Holeh Amo Israel, now they were always looking for reasons um, to kill the Jews to have pogroms to take their things, to enact new laws against them. You know, the, one of the most difficult times to be a Jewish person was, uh, you know, during the Middle Ages, uh, you know, in, in Europe. It's very, very difficult, you know. So they came to him with, a, with this vicious, you know, with looks on their faces. They wanted to trap him. And they turned this into a public spectacle. So he said, no, no, you guys are misunderstanding completely. He says, it doesn't mean that we don't want non-Jewish people to get better. Of course we do. He says, but if you look in the Amidah, you'll count, you'll see that the blessing of Rifaenu is the eighth blessing in the Amidah. Why is it the eighth blessing? It's the eighth blessing because in the Jewish nation, on the eighth day, a person gets a Brit Milah. Now, the child needs a Refua from that operation. The non-Jewish people don't have that operation. So therefore, we only say, Amo Yisrael, because it's not relevant uh, to non-Jewish people. On the spot, he answers them uh, this answer. They were like, oh, okay. Hazaku Baruch, very nice. Rabbi halanya. you know, they, got, they left the, with the, it was very, you know, they were very happy with the answer. As soon as he la- leaves, the students turned to the rabbi. They said, look, rabbi, you got rid of them, but uh, you're not getting rid of us that easy. You know, lahem dachita bekash, they use the expression in the Gemara. You know, them you pushed away with straw, but what, do you, what are you going to answer to us? Aren't we worried about people who are not Jewish Getting better? Why does it say, So he answered something very, very beautiful. He said, The reason is because in the nations of the world, when a person goes to the doctor, they assume that the doctor is the one that's giving them the healing. The person that's going to give them the healing is the person who makes, uh, you know, the tirufah, the, the medicine, the procedure the surgery, that's the one that heals. So if that's who you think heals, Boreh Olam, Midah Kineged Midah, treats a person. If a person thinks that the world is his savior, the doctor's his savior, so God says, okay, I'll leave you in the hands of a natural process and the doctor will, I'll leave it up to him whether or not you get better. Let's let him figure it out. But a Jewish person who understands that when we go to a doctor, when you take the medications and you go to the hospital, at the end of the day, all of that is, is his That's an attempt that a person is obligated to make. But at the end of the day, it doesn't belong to that person. It doesn't, the healing power is not in the hands of the doctor. It's in the hands of Borei Olam. So when we pray, when someone is sick, the very first thing that a Jewish person does, even if they're not religious, there's 74 Tehillim chats on WhatsApp. So immediately, they add his name to the list that we just said in the Beit Knesset, which is longer than the whole tefillah itself, okay? So when if that's the way a Jewish person relates to his sickness, ki ani we believe that it is God that is healing us, so therefore also the Beracha that we say is rofeh. we say, baruch ata Hashem, rofeh chole'a Am Yisrael. The nations of the world also, they're in his hands. But Borei says, until they believe that it comes from me, I'm not going to intervene particularly on their behalf because it's uh, God's interaction with the world is midah midah. Where do we find this? In the words of the Navi, the Navi says, Heal me Hashem and I will become cured. Hoshi'eni save me v'ivache'a and I will experience salvation. Kiti ata We adapt this Pasuk and we use it in the Beracha because we're echoing the sentiment uh, of the prophet of Yirmiyahu. Now, I must share, Rabbi Otay, that there's a crazy experience that we find uh, in, the, in the Gemara in Birachot. The Gemara in Berachot says that uh, there was once a book that was written, was authored by Shilomo Amelech. Shilomo Amelech was the wisest of all men and he had an interaction and understanding of this world that human beings, that regular other human beings just could not understand. He understood the nature of birds, of trees, of plants, years before any kind of uh, scientific breakthroughs had been made in the field. Shulamah Melech was already communicating with and communing with nature on such a deep level that he understood it, and he wrote a book of rifuot of uh, healing procedures that were written for the you know all the different sicknesses that abounded by the, in the time of the Jewish people, and the Gemara says Amad Chizkiyahu Chizkiyahu took this book and he hid it why did he hide the book with all these cures from Shlomo melech and the Gemara says the people they had stopped relying and connecting to God and they were just looking in this book and they were finding these cures not recognizing that where did the cures come from oh Shalomu is wisest of all men yes but Shlomo melech's wisdom from whence did that come he has a conversation with Borei Olam and God asks him what he would prefer, wisdom or money or power. And Shilomo HaMelech says wisdom and God blesses him not only with the wisdom but with the other two as well. So reading that book should have done what? What should it have done? Each time we would have said thank you Hashem, thank you. But the people, after a while, they forgot the source of where those rifuot came from. And they were not praying and they were not uh, showing their gratitude to Boreo Olam for those things. So Chizkiyahu hid this book um, so the people should not have access. And once again, they should be exposed and recognized that the healing came um, from Boreo Olam. Now the Chazon Ish asked a very interesting question. Uh, the Chazon Ish asked, he says, if you ever take a look, you, know, you notice that every error has its sickness. It's a strange thing. You have people now, everyone's dying from COVID. What happened before COVID? People were dying from cancer. What happened before cancer? People were dying from AIDS. Before AIDS, were people were dying from polio. It's almost as if every generation has its flavor of death. And the question is, now, it would make sense if, like polio, you know, we'd literally eradicated it from the world. So therefore, it no longer exists on the world scale, people are not dying from it, we've moved on. But sometimes, a disease, like it gets very popular, and then it just stops, stops being, as prevalent and we don't yet have the cure for it. So it's an interesting thing that you have generations that have their own, or sometimes even decades that have their own sickness. And it's a strange thing and the Chazon Ish says that part of the reason for that is because ultimately, what is the purpose of sickness in the world? What is the purpose of trouble and tribulation in this world? How could anything come from a God that is good? And the answer is ultimately all difficulty, all pain, all suffering is there to wake us up and to drive us back to our, uh, to our proper path and to our connection with Boreolam. So therefore, in every generation, you need something new, so to speak, where the people should recognize that the only one that can save them is Boreolam because ultimately, if it just drives them to the hospital, <laughs> then it didn't fulfill its purpose. So therefore, we find this cyclical uh, um, experience with regards to sicknesses. I found those words from the Chazon Ish fascinating. Rabbi Galinsky relates an unbelievable story. He's sitting in the hospital, he got some sort of uh, 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 infection in his ear, and it was so bad that they couldn't heal it. And they kept trying this, that, the other thing, nothing that they were doing works. Sometimes, you know, doctors are forced to uh, come face to face with their own mortality with their own uh, with their own limitations that with everything that we know today and with everything that a person can study at the end of the day there's certain times a person recognizes a doctor recognizes they're just out of their depth and there's really nothing that they could do or even though they think that there is something they could do it doesn't seem to work and they can't figure out why and they just keep pointing their fingers at different things with different diagnoses and they're forced to recognize that it's not up to them anyway Dr. Rabbi Galinsky is sitting in bed there for a while and he developed relationships with the doctors that kept coming around trying to figure out how to heal this poor rabbi who couldn't hear anymore. One of the, ra- the doctors comes in, a very secular guy, and he asks him, he says, someone told me that it says in your Talmud, The best of the doctors goes to Gehenam. Does it say that? But Galinsky said it was the first time that I was happy that I couldn't hear <laughs> so he you know he tried to make believe that couldn't hear the guy hey the guy again does it say in the Gemara the best of the, the, best of the doctors should go to Gehna again he igno- finally the third time he comes and he yells loud enough that even if he's deaf in both ears he should hear does it say that in the Gemara so uh, he couldn't already ignore it anymore so he says yes it does say that it does say that in, in, in the Gemara. Now all these nurses are already gathered around, doctors, guy's making a commotion. He says, how could it be? He says, you know, you know." he says that's very insulting, that it says the best of the doctors should be should go to Gehinnam. So Rabbi Galinsky says, really, there's no reason for you to be insulted. The guy says, why? He says, because you're not the best of the doctors. <laughs> Rabbi Galinsky is very funny. The guy got that he was joking, he's laughing. He says, really, what's the answer? Rabbi Galinsky said something magnificent. He said something that was so beautiful. He said, look, in our Amidah, in our silent prayer, there's 18 blessings. right? What the Gemara means, Tov if there's a Rofeh, Tov is a 17. If there's a Rofeh that only says 17 blessings with a full heart. When it comes to the of Rofeh, he doesn't feel he needs to pray because he's in charge a person who thinks that he's in charge and he doesn't need God, if he's only saying 17 blessings, but the 18th blessing, he doesn't really feel that God's in control, he feels that he's in control, that's a person who's denying God, that's already Apikoros, uh, and therefore uh, that's, uh, you know, that, that uh, so okay, they, they were cracking up and, and, uh, and they were laughing and they, re- they appreciated the answer. My friends, uh, the Gemara says in Abu Dazarab. That when a person gets sick, HaKadosh Baruch before the sickness comes to the person, Borei Olam makes the sickness swear a shivua. Again, what this means, it's a very high concept, but it's so to speak, if a person's destiny is to become better, so God, He's mashbia the sickness, that it should go away in this and this time, with this and this medicine, through this and this doctor. Fascinating. So if you have the wrong doctor, maybe it won't get better. He's not the shaliach. The wrong medicine, not the shaliach. The wrong time, it's not the opportune time for the sickness to kind of move along. Uh, it didn't fulfill its mission in hakara, in the person's body, in the change it's supposed to bring about, on him, in his family, etc., etc., So it's a very interesting thing. So sometimes it's the wrong doctor, sometimes it's the wrong medicine, sometimes it's the wrong thing, but a person, if they're making the hishtadlut, they have to recognize that it's only Borei Alam. I remember once going to a doctor, and I was so impressed. He was a very, very famous doctor, and as he starts treating me, um, he starts like mumbling. So I asked him, I said, excuse me, I didn't hear what you said, could you start again? You know, I don't want to hear the guy, you know, telling me what to do, and I didn't hear him. So he's mumbling, 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 right? He says Mechila at the end, he keeps mumbling. At the end, he says, "Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, what were you asking?" I said, "What are you mumbling? You're sitting here. I thought I came to a special doctor, not to someone who needs an exorcist." Okay? The guy says to me, "He says, he says, I have a Kabbalah. I took on myself as a doctor. You know, I'm very, very uh, well respected in my field, and you know, a lot of people turn to me for advice." He says, "So in order to make sure that I stay humble and that I remember, I never treat a patient without saying." the special prayer that Rofi'in, that was composed for doctors, which says, when the doctor says to Borei Olam, please allow me to be the proper shaliach, and I know that healing comes through you, and this, that, and the other. And he, I said to him, you know, I said to him, you said it backwards. He said, what do you mean? I said, you said to me that the reason why you say this prayer every day, it's beautiful that you say it, is because you're one of the best doctors in your field. Everyone turns to you and you want to remain humble. I said, but you got it backwards. He says, what do you mean? I said, the reason why you're the best doctor in your field is because that's how you feel. So Borei Olam is going to choose to have the Shaliah be someone that through him is going to come about a kiddush Hashem. I said, you're not saying the prayer because you're the best doctor. You're the best doctor because you're saying the prayer. He was laughing. Rabbi Galinsky says, in this, in this instance, they still couldn't figure it out. They kept gathering everyone around, you know, they kept everyone doctor, till one day he wakes up and they're surrounded, the whole bed is surrounded by doctors. He thought, forget it, he's dying. Okay. So the rabbi says, what's going on here? How come everybody's here? They said, listen, we called a consultation. We got the best doctors in the country. Anyone that knows, because we can't figure out on paper, you should be better already. So we don't understand what's going on here. So after trying everything that we've tried over here already in the hospital, we decided to call a consultation of the best doctors in all of Israel, and each one of them is going to look and study the case, and uh, they're going to figure it out together. Anyway, the, the Rabbi Galinsky says, Oh, that's so amazing. I appreciate it so much. Um, he says, "Did you did you manage also to get Professor Neeman?" So he, they, they said, "Professor Neeman, we never is he is he an expert in in uh, in in um, infectious diseases? No, is he an, is he an expert in what's it called in hearing?" He, said, he says, "No." He said, he said "Well, who, we, who's Professor Neeman? We looked everywhere in the country to find the best doctors, and this this is the team we assembled." Rabbi Galinsky smiles and he says, "Ki Professor Ne'eman is the only one that I need. Hazaku Baruch that you're all here. But if you tell me you got all the best doctors and they're going to solve it, but you left out God, there's no chance I'm ever going to hear. And since I'm the patient, I really would love it if we could all for one second admit into this inner circle of doctors, Professor Ne'eman. What a beautiful way of looking at the situation. My friends, you know, I, I met a remarkable person Uh, and uh, during my time in in Deal who talked to me about uh, his approach when he was brought into the hospital. Unfortunately, he had a a tumor in his brain and it bothered him. You know, he was very nervous. He didn't know what to do. Um, And as he's lying there in his bed and he's feeling very vulnerable, he decides nobody here knows what they're talking about. Every day they come with another diagnosis. I got to do something maybe maybe there's a part that i could play in the healing process so he goes up to the board there's a whiteboard there the doctors do their rounds and he writes on the board en odmilvado directly opposite his line of sight in his bed okay he's lying there like this he wakes up in the morning en odmilvado the doctors come in odmilvado all day long all night long the only thing he's thinking about is en odmilvado what does that mean there's nothing else other than hashem only god can heal can bring about my salvation God if you heal me I'll be healed you save me I'll be saved otherwise outside of you nothing there's nothing exists he kept focusing on this our rabbis tell us that when a person's in a difficult situation a big sigulah for salvation is to focus on od milvador in any area of life just focus. There's nothing but Hashem. All of this that I'm looking at is a mirage. It's not the police officer or the doctor or the bank or the, you know, the architect that will figure this out or the IRS. It's only Boreo Olam. Anyway, the guy takes out of his pocket a scan. He says, I want to show you my tumor. He shows me his tumor. He says, after a few days they came to do the operation and they did a scan before they took him in to do the operation, he shows me the second scan, the tumor has gone. Not smaller, not shrinking, not changing, gone. The doctors tell him we don't understand how it happened and he says, of course you don't. And I must share with you, uh, you know, um, uh, his daughter is Raquel Haybert and she's someone that has adopted this in her life all the time, in Od Milvado, in Od Milvado, in Od Mil and she teaches and she talks to everybody that she meets about this, Sadeke of a woman, uh, who makes great maze, by the way. Now, the amazing thing, the amazing thing about this uh, concept of in Od Milvado is, I often think to myself, you know, yesterday there was a tragedy that happened on the streets. A woman realizes that something's getting out of hand, she reaches down on her belt for her taser, by mistake, she pulls out instead of her taser, her gun. And in that moment of craziness, she shoots the guy. Now, her life is over. It's one mistake, but it's one mistake. It's over. Why? Because his life is now over. Okay? That is how the world works, especially at the moment. 25 years in the force makes zero difference. The fact that it's a mistake, zero difference. The fact that the person, zero difference. All of this makes zero difference. Right now, her life is over. Okay? Now, listen to this, because I think this is amazing. I was thinking to myself, you know, there's weapons that a police officer has on their belt. And sometimes in the heat of the moment, we reach for the wrong one. A human being also has a belt with a lot of weapons. One of the weapons is hishtadlut. One of the weapons is emunah. And I think sometimes a person, in trying to reach for the weapon in a moment of craziness, they reach for the weapon of hishtadlut. Hishtadlut is not a weapon that you use in a moment of craziness, in when everything's nuts. Hishtadlut is the weapon you use on the way to that. Emunah is something that should always be a a weapon. I thought to myself, maybe, in fact, instead of looking at Ishtadlut and at emunah as separate weapons, imagine them as one weapon with a a sight on the top. You know, every gun has a, not every gun, but some of the guns they have at the top of it, they have a, a, you know, a, a, a scope, right? And what does the scope do? The scope helps you shoot your bullets. Could you imagine trying to shoot something that you can't see? Right? Impossible. So the hishtadlut that we do, if we ever have the hishtadlut and the emunah be separate weapons, we're already making a terrible mistake. We're already tov barofim le May God bless us to have our emunah carry us in our darkest times. And through that we will learn that we need our emunah not only in the darkest times, but in all times. And that it should be a constant companion everywhere we go, in everything that we do, in every business deal we make, in every family relationship we try and build or repair, in every attempt that we make to be able to achieve our life's goals, our tefillot, our Torah, our ruchaniyut and our gashmiyut, should be only with those words, Hoshieni, Amunai. God bless